You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. My guest today is Daniel Morgan Shelley. He is a wonderful actor who I've known for a long time. We actually met back at the Chautauqua Institute years ago. Totally coincidentally, that's also where I met Jeffrey Allen Murphy, my guest from last week. We were all there together. And then Daniel was a fourth year at Juilliard when I was a first year. I've always been inspired by his centeredness and focus, and I'm so grateful to get his point of view for the podcast. We recorded this conversation in early November when I was on my hiatus. And I'm thrilled to share it with you now. I hope you enjoy the 180th episode of The Compass. What do you do to try to keep from going to the dark side as an artist? I've been thinking about this a little bit, and I don't know if there is a way to not go to the dark side as an artist I just feel like it is it comes with the territory um so rather than trying to not go there um I'm kind of of the belief that you're going to go there it's going to happen the best way to handle it is just to go through it and just to like it's like that idea that like the only way out is through Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, at least for me, a, a cycle. Like there are some times when you are on the dark side and there are some times when you are on the light side and it is a, um, continual process throughout, um, your life as an artist, uh, at least in my opinion, my opinion, at least in my experience. So I think it's better to like, acknowledge like oh I'm not in the best place right now oh I'm not thinking the best things about myself right now are these things true probably not I've been in this place before I will eventually come out of this place I will go and I will be in this place again at some point right um but then again I will come out of this place so I think it's more so about not panicking and continuously moving forward. When I say the dark side, what does that bring up for you most often? What comes to your mind? For me, that is thinking uh, negative things about myself. Um, I'm not a good artist. Um, I've wasted my life. I'm never going to work again. Um, 
I've made a huge mistake. Um, I'm going to be living in a van underneath the river at some point, you know. Mm -hmm. Logical things like that. Logical things like that. Yeah. Um, Because I find that, you know, whenever I'm working, I'm in a great place. And then many times when I'm not working, which is more often than the times when I am working, um, not that I'm not in a great place, but it's definitely, um, I feel like I'm always in a place of striving to get back to working, getting back to having work. Um, Cause there's a lot of joy in that. Yeah. That's, that's the hardest part. And it's something that Frankie and I talk about a lot is like how, can you not only like try to stay in a healthy place when you're not working, but keep it in perspective when you are working so that it's not, you're not psyching yourself up to such a high that the the letdown is inevitable when it stops. Like how can you try to find that even keel either way and not, not depend on that feedback and the validation when you're working either. Sure. That's really tricky. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying I have is. an answer. I feel like the after a while, the more you do it, um, the more you get used to it. Because I think like initially coming out of school and getting like those first few jobs and you're like, great, I'm hot. I'm doing it. My career, it's, it's only going to go up from here. And then you have these down points where like you don't work for a really, really long time. And you're like, what? What happened? What happened to the momentum? What happened to, I thought I was hot and I thought I was, you know, progressing up and forward. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the hardest thing is that our, in our business, like it is not guaranteed to be a progression, True. like a, a slow and steady arc. Up. Exactly. So I think that could now... Could be very hilly. Hmm? Could be very hilly. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I feel that now after you know, being out of school for many, many years, I can handle it and I'm more used to it than when I first came out of school, you know? Um, Not that I'm in, I wouldn't say that I'm an old actor, um, (laughs) but I'm no longer a young, fresh-faced, fresh out of school actor, you know? (laughs) No, I I like the way you described it as that cyclical... Yes, cyclical nature, because that also kind of gives pushback to the idea that you should be in the in that bright side the majority of the time, and that these mm-hmm. these dips into the dark side are are few and far between. It's much it's much more, yeah, that round wheel. Yeah, so it definitely makes me extremely thankful when I do have work, and to really really appreciate. Um, random gigs here and there yeah how are you doing right now we are talking i know i'm not going to be releasing this for a little bit but we're talking in october 2021 mm-hmm. how are you doing how has the pandemic time been for you um how did you get through i got through pretty great um which is a weird thing to say um, and a weird thing to experience. Uh, like when the pandemic started, you know, there was the unemployment insurance and then the extra 
you know, pandemic insurance. So that was, that helped to pay a lot of bills when all jobs kind of stopped. Um, and then like, I'm an introvert. So the idea <laughs> of, Hey, you have to stay in your apartment and not interact with people. Like that was 100% fine with me. I was totally fine with that, not having to go out and interact with large crowds and like for an introvert, it was perfect. Um, so like that did not bother me. Um, I never really got stir crazy or anything like that. And I mean, a few months after the lockdown happened, um, at least in New York City, the gyms opened back up. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let me start going to the gym. And then that just became kind of a focus for mm. me. Um, and it was really, really nice. Like in thinking about it now, it gave me a certain amount of structure for my day. I was like, okay, on these days at this time, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do this. And it's going to like lay out what the rest of my day is going to be. Um, and that was, that was really, really nice because it gave me something to focus on that kept my mind off of not having anything else to do. Um, so my family was good back in Chicago. Okay. I myself was healthy. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, it was, it's weird to say that the pandemic was fine for me because I know that it was utterly horrible for so many people all over the world. Um, so it just made me grateful and thankful and appreciative um, that I did kind of make it through it uh, fairly well. Well, then the, the follow-up question then is how are you doing now when things are opening up a little bit and you're, we're kind of in this in-between time? <laughs> How's that transition um, feeling? <laughs> uh, still fine. Okay, good. Still fine. Um, I mean, I still don't really go out if I don't have to. Um, the gym is still a regular thing. Um, I've been out to, you know, a handful of shows like over the summer, been to the movies like once or twice. Um, but I've, you know, in my recent years, I've, I haven't really been a person who like loves to go out every weekend or every night or anything like that anyway. Um, so it's been fine. Um, I'm happy that the the extroverts now have a little more to do. Like that's <laughs> great for them. Um, but it hasn't really changed much for me now that things are opening back up. Yeah. Um, I know you've done a lot of work over the years in regional in regional mm -hmm. theaters. Do you enjoy traveling to do shows, or what? What are the things that you've found that are positive about that experience or that have made it work for you to be a, to be the nomad? Um, I enjoyed it a lot more earlier in my career. Mm -hmm. um, I like the idea of going out of town, new city, um, exploring different theaters, exploring. Exactly. Uh, it was great. And now I'm kind of at the point where I do not really want to go out of town unless it is an amazing job, like an amazing role or an amazing director or a theater that I've always wanted to work at. Uh, so when I get 
um, appointments for my agent, like I look at those things. Like if I'm going out, if I would book it and go out of town, it has to like check off a certain number of boxes for me to accept the audition, you know? Um, so it was, it was lovely and it has been lovely. And I've like made wonderful friends, um, gotten to do some amazing shows. So it's been great. Um, but now I'm just at the point where I kind of want to be in New York as much as possible. Um, have you gotten to do much work in Chicago in your hometown? Nope. Isn't that the way it works out? Oh it my God. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so for the longest time, if I ever had things coming up for like, um, uh, for like the Goodman or Chicago Shakes or anything like that, it's always been like, oh man, I really want to book this. So then like my family can come and see mm-hmm. the show. Um, so like I've had some, I've had a few family members come out to random regional gigs over the years. Um, my mom comes to a lot of the shows that I do, um, which is really, really nice. But like my grandmother has never seen me in right. a play or at least like not since I was in high school, right. you know, um, and other family members, it's just like maybe a little more difficult to get out of town, take time away from work. So uh, yeah, it would have been great to book something in Chicago, but it has not happened, uh, yet. Okay. We're, we're putting it out in the universe again. Exactly. We're renewing that, that wish. Definitely. This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. What does your family make of your decision to be an artist for your career? Is there anyone else in your family who's creatively minded or are you the the one? My cousin is a visual artist. Um, She's pretty amazing, drawing, painting, painting. she did storyboarding for a really long time. Uh, but that is that is about it. The two of us, we're the artists, and everyone else is not really art-minded. Uh, but everyone is super supportive and has been forever. Um, so that is, that's really, really nice. You know, no one's ever been like, why are you doing this thing? Like, what, like, I've never had to deal with that. That's amazing. Uh, thankfully. Um, so yeah, very supportive. Good, good, good. Um, do you have any, like, uh, parallel artistic pursuits that you've kind of embraced to help you have more control over your artistic life? Or are you a writer or do you have any, you know, creative hobbies to kind of feel like you have some control? (laughs) Uh, I have been, um, I've been toying around with a screenplay Ooh. For many, many, many years, I do the not same, remember the same screenplay. The same screenplay. The same idea. Yes. Mm-hmm. I do not. I don't. I don't remember exactly when I started it, but I was like, "Oh, let me." You know what? I'm not getting a lot of work right now. Everyone says you should create your own work, so I was like, "Okay, well, let me write a short." And then I started writing this short film, and I felt like it was really you know, gathering momentum and I was getting more ideas and I was like, oh, I think maybe I have a feature. So then I kept writing and kept writing and kept writing and 
never quite finished it. Um, and then other things got in the way, other gigs, other projects. And then I would always kind of come back to it a little bit. When the pandemic first started, I thought that I was like, okay, I'm going to be on lockdown. I'm going to finally finish this screenplay. Uh, and I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I started working on it a little bit more. I started tweaking it here and there. Uh, but did not finish it. So it's, I do not consider myself to be a, um, a screenwriter. Um, but I do have, I do have this story that I have been working on for many, many years that I hope to finish and produce one day. Um, but that's it's not amazing, like something... though. Like you have a story that won't leave you alone. Like that's the that's the really hard part. I feel like yes. So one day, I'm sure you will finish it. Yeah. But that's the cool part is that you have a story that you really want to tell. Yeah, I mean, like I I feel like I have a very solid beginning and a so so kind of middle, and I'm not sure how I want to end it. Like I could. I could see it as being a standalone film by itself. I also could see it being a much larger story with like a sequel or like a three-parter. But I'm like, Daniel, first you have to finish the first <laughs> one before you start thinking about other aspects. Um, but I just don't know how I want to finish it. So um, if I finish it, I will, I will definitely let you know. Please do. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I love that. Um, what are your feelings about auditions? How has your approach changed since maybe you first got out of school? Um, I've never been someone who particularly enjoys auditioning. Share your wisdom with me. <laughs> um, I am, I am not a fan. Okay. Um, I think when I was younger, I thought that it would be easier. Like, okay, I'll get a few auditions. I'll book a few gigs. It'll be fine. And then as time went on, you realize that, you know, the majority, the majority of auditions you do not book, but you still put in the, the time and the effort and the sweat and the blood and the tears and et cetera. So I feel like now that I'm a little bit older, I, not to say that I stress about them less, but I'm kind of more aware that many, um, I don't want to say that many auditions are a throwaway, but I, it's a little less, for lack of a better term, life and death mm -hmm. to me. Um, so I, I think I'm a better auditioner now than I was when I was younger, hopefully. Um, it has changed so much, uh, in the past, you know, like I've been out of school for maybe like 15 years now. Um, and it's amazing to see how, how much self-taping has come into play and how important it has become. Cause I remember when it first kind of started, it was like, okay, well, you get a camera and like you videotape yourself and et cetera. And now we're at the point where it's like, you got to have good lighting. You got to have good sound. You got to have a clean background. It's like, if you don't have these things, 
like you're already kind of out of the running because a casting director is sitting there looking at a hundred tapes and if they can't hear you or can't see you, they're going to move on to the next thing. Um, so it's interesting how much of a technical aspect has come into play. Like now, if you're an actor, you should know how to use iMovie. You should know how to do some basic editing. You should know how to, um, you know, set up yourself. No, and there are um, pluses and minuses, right? Like people can submit from anywhere, but also it costs money to have all these things. <laughs> truth. Yeah. Very, very true. And it's time um, intensive too. And particularly with, um, you know, with the pandemic, like everything has been self-tapes because, you know, we're not going in for auditions yeah. anymore. I did go, I did have to go in for a call back a few months ago and that was so interesting. Like it was just, it was it wasn't bad. It was just, oh, I have not done this in right. over a year. I have not been in a room in front of a table. Of Can I? Was it for a theater people. or for a TV? It was for theater. Okay. Yeah, I've not gone in person for any film or TV auditions. Um. So yes, the good thing about self tapes is that you can do them from anywhere. Um, for me, the bad thing about self tapes which may be good for other people, is that if you don't do it well, you can do it again. And if you mess up this take, you can do it again. You have like as much time as you want. Um, I am a little bit of a perfectionist mm. uh, and I'm definitely a Libra and very indecisive. <laughs> so there have been times when I've spent way too much time on a self-tape trying to get just the right take to send in. Right. Because no um, one's there telling you, we got it. You're done. Leave. Exactly. <laughs> 100%. Um, yeah. So, like, I feel like that is a pro and a con depending on who you are. Right. Um, but it's... Auditions themselves, like, we don't... On one hand, I've heard it said that, hey, just turn auditions into your time to shine and your time to act and your time to be a performer. And that does not work for me. Like, maybe it works for other people and that's wonderful, but my brain just doesn't work like that. Like, I don't get a satisfaction from going yeah. in acting in an audition room. I get I satisfaction from having a gig. <laughs> um so it's you know but it's also been said that what other what other way do producers directors casting directors have to find the talent because it's so interesting to get like audition doing an audition and then being on set they're so different it's such a, like, the audition is so vastly different than doing the work. And it's, it's complicated. I have a love-hate <laughs> relationship because I, I feel like everyone is, wants to be the best auditioner they can be so that they can get the work. Um, but but you end up doing that more than you do the actual work. Yeah. And it's particularly weird if... Um, 
if you're doing commercial auditions. Um, I got a commercial agent a little while ago. So doing commercial auditions is so, so vastly different than doing theater or film or TV because they ask for such, um, for lack of a better term, bizarre things. Yeah. <laughs> um, in, um, I don't know if I want to go into this, but it is, I found that I come from a place of if I am auditioning, then I want to do as much research as I can. I want to figure out who this character is. I want to know what the situation is. I want to know what the story is. I want to have all of this background to be able to give my best performance. And I find that many times for commercial auditions, you get nothing. And it's like, um, here's kind of a situation. Okay, just do just do it. Just do Look something. out the window. Yeah. Go here's, wash your hands. <laughs> here's a line you could say, but also give us three takes of you doing something completely different. Right. And I'm like, I don't... Okay. Now but... do it as if you have a life-threatening illness. And you're like, yes. oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, at least for me, it's hard. it's hard to know what to prepare if I don't know who the character is or what's going on. Yeah. And yes, I could make it up. And maybe I get lucky that the thing that I made up is the thing that they're looking for. <laughs> um, they, yes. um, Frankie had done like the one bigger commercial that he's ever done was for some sort of like pain medication. And um, the audition asked if he could mountain bike. Like it was all like very serious questions about his level of proficiency Mm-hmm. with riding a bicycle and like specifically mountain biking and so he would you know he probably embellished a little bit like what he could do sure and but it it kind of made him a little nervous like how much they were asking about it he got the he got the gig and he goes to film it that the kickstand never came up <laughs> he had to like stand on the bike <laughs> kickstand was down you know say the line holding the handlebars a shot of his hand in the bottle you know never rode the bike <laughs> it's like yes. the things they shit like that make you imagine you're gonna go through pretty pretty funny it yes um and i just i don't i don't get it um but we we do it because we are asked to do it and we want to book the job. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can I ask um, a little bit about how you've kind of Tetris together your financial life over the course of your career, like in between gigs or day jobs or like what sorts of things have you found helpful to kind of make it all come together? I have worked in so many restaurants, so many restaurants, um, which is... 
I just feel like for for an actor, for any artist, it's um, it's the way to go because especially in New York City, it can be very profitable. It can be very flexible. Um, but so many restaurants. I did catering for a little bit. Um, I worked with an education company for a little while where uh, we went into schools and um, taught study skills like note-taking and test-taking and things like that. Um, that was interesting. Um, but it's been, uh, it's been a hodgepodge, you know, just over the years, sometimes I could go back to the same restaurant after coming home from a gig. Sometimes I couldn't. So then I had to find some other new, um, gig, but it's been, it's been a wide variety of mostly, um, Hospitality, mostly food service. Um, and I'm not a fan of it. I was going to say, for your introvert self, the, the restaurant business is yeah. kind of the opposite. No. I mean, like, I, I like to describe myself as an extroverted introvert. Like, I can be fine in public. I can be fine in crowds. But, like, at the end of the day... Or most days, I want to recharge at home by myself on the couch. Like, I have no desire to be around a lot of people. Um, Which is interesting for theater because you're in a room full of people. But, like, you go, you do that, and then you come home. No, and it's very focused. You're all focused on the same event. Yes. You know? Very, very true. It's not just a lot of kinetic energy coming at you. Um, so lots of food service and, uh, I have not loved it, but I am thankful for it because it has paid my bills when acting did not. So like it's, it might sound like I'm complaining. I'm trying not to complain. Um, I'm thankful for those restaurant jobs that I had. Because they allowed me to be in New York City, to pay my rent, to get headshots, to buy the lighting equipment that I <laughs> need to have good lighting for the self-tapes, you know, etc. Yeah. Are there any lessons that you've learned over the last couple of years that you're really proud of? Oh, um... Can be something Leah, that's small. Deep, it can be something that's a small. deep question. It doesn't have to be a um, huge thing. Uh, <sighs> be kind. Be nice to everyone on set. Um, be particular about what you let stress you out. Is the thing that's stressing you out really as big as? you think that it is like um, uh, I'm big on energy, how I expend it. Uh, So I try not to worry and stress about things until I know that there is something to worry and stress about. Um, I need to know how to do that. <laughs> I feel like I, I struggle with anxiety, which is like is the exact problem you're talking oh, about. Gotcha. 
Uh, it's like home. mission in life is to make me worry about things that probably won't come to fruition. <laughs> I think I found that there's um, many times if I've like started to panic about something, if I just like take a second and breathe and just kind of look at the situation and just kind of be like, is is this actually something I need to panic about? Is this actually like how 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 big is this problem and i'm am is my mind making this bigger than what it actually is and just kind of like taking trying my best to step out of the situation and look at it um look at it from the outside to really get a better perspective on it and then step back into it yeah because i try my best to not get stressed out because stress can kill you um, and I'm not about that life. <laughs> so um, I try to think about most things before I react to them mm. and put them into perspective before I make a decision about how to proceed. That's a good one. Um, do you have any mentors who have been important to you in your artistic life? Um. No, hmm. um, unfortunately, um, I wish that I did or wish that I had, uh, or maybe if I was more of an extrovert, then I would have sought that out. Um, but I'm very much a, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to have a mentor, someone who has been in the industry for a really long time. And if I'm, you know, starting to panic or get stressed about a thing be like, Hey, can I get some, uh, can I get some advice on this situation? Have you been in this situation before? Like, what should I do? Um, but most times and most things, I just kind of deal with it on my own. Um, which I don't know if that is the best thing or the healthiest thing, but it's, um, it's what I've got. Yeah, you're very self-sufficient. Yeah. Do you reach um, out to others, I mean, outside of your career, like in your family, if, like when you're dealing with personal things, like, or are you, you, are you that kind of self-sufficient person all around? Self-sufficient all around. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, if, if I happen to be dealing with something and if someone asks me about it, like, I'll be honest about it and I'll talk about it. But it is um, extremely rare that I would reach out to someone um, to discuss something that would be going on with me. Right. Um, <laughs> that is valid. That is valid. Uh, is there anything that you're – any, like, ideas that you're really excited about right now, like things that you've been kind of percolating on? I don't know where I'm, what I'm getting at with this question. This could be like a hobby, like something you're suddenly like reading everything about. You know, something that I did decide to start doing at the start of the pandemic, uh, which I had never done and I figured would be a good time to start, um, was Harry Potter. Oh. Yeah. Um, like for you, like I'd never read the books. I feel like they kind of came out when, like you when like I was a little bit older. Them. So I kind of just mm. missed them. 
and had watched the movies for years and like loved the movies. And then when the lockdown happened, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start Harry Good Potter. I'm going I'm to work my way through those How books. How far along are you? Uh, I am on Order of the Phoenix right now. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. I love those books. Um, I mean, they're so much better than the movies. I hope you're enjoying them. I am. It's super duper fun. Good. Um, That's a fun thing when you like, as long as you like it, obviously, like the, when you know you have lots of story ahead of you. Yes. Like it's not going to be done anytime soon. No. And it's been nice because, like, I have seen the movies and I know the base, you know, world, the basic of the story. But I'm like, let me see what details are in the books that are not in the movies, which, of course, there's so many. <laughs> um, so that's been fun. Is there a project from, like, the last five years or so that was really, like, monumental for you that you could tell me about? Like that the experience of doing it was really important to you, whether it's because of the character or the people or the, the play itself? Uh, so a few years back, I did Fences at Florida Repertory Theater. Um, I played Lions. And it was, I'd had, uh, I'd had a relationship with that theater over the years. Um, I did a tour with the Classical Theater of Harlem Many years ago, we did uh, Romeo and Juliet and Ain't Supposed to Die a Natural Death. Um, but at Florida Rep, we were like in residency and did Romeo and Juliet for about a month. And then many years later, uh, they brought me back uh, to be an actor in their new play reading series. Um, and I just, I love the theater. I love the people there. Um I love the town. I love being in Florida, especially if it's cold up here. Mm -hmm. um, so they were doing fences and it was just, it's always nice um, to work on August Wilson. I just love August Wilson. Um, and that was the second August Wilson play that I had done. I did piano lesson uh, in Hartford a few years before that. Um, but it was just a really uh, great production like the cast was amazing the director was magnificent um and the theater was just so supportive and the audiences really really loved the show so that was just it was an overall wonderful experience because it was nice to be back at this theater that I had worked at before and also doing this amazing play um I'm horrible with years so I forget the exact year um, just years are not good in my brain Yeah, um, I understand. for whatever reason, but it was maybe like three years ago, something like that, maybe four, <laughs> not two. Yeah. Definitely maybe like three or four two. years ago. <laughs> Definitely not two. Now, now, now that COVID has happened, we'll have a mark. Exactly. Yes. Um, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. What a play. Jeez. Yeah. It was, it was so, it was lovely developing the character and just the amount of collaboration um with the director um Benny Ambush um yeah it was amazing if if you do feel like you're like going to the dark side kind of in that uninspired or down place are there any concrete things that you can reach for again and again that'll kind of help you get out of it like a book you reread or music you listen to or things like that that are like tangible 
I find that if I stay on like my routine, um, that cycle eventually passes. Because if I am, um, if I'm feeling like I am not a good actor, if I feel like I'm never going to work again, at some point, a new audition is going to come into play, and then that's going to give me something to focus on. Um, or I might go back and just like start doing some old monologues that I feel good about and just like reciting those or working on those while I'm, you know, doing cardio at the gym or something. Just it typically will be something in the same vein of acting that gets me out of that dark place. Mm. It's something Um, to focus on something to focus on yeah it is uh it's rare that I don't have anything to focus on so if I am getting to that dark place I just need to like at some point an audition will come up or um or focusing on like learning something new will help to get me out of it um having a focus helps and then is there anything that you've seen recently of any art form or taken in recently that you want to recommend? Uh, I have really been enjoying uh, Wu-Tang and American Saga on Hulu. It's a really, really great show. And I didn't really grow up listening to Wu-Tang, but when it came out, I was like, oh, this seems interesting and I watched the first few episodes is it like, like oh a my full God, this is... season or is it like a limited yeah they're in the second season right now oh, I missed it okay and I like I loved the first season and then when the pandemic hit I was like oh man I don't know if they're going to come back for a second but I was anxiously awaiting for it um but it's out awesome. uh and I've been watching it and it's it's really it's really great I love stories about seeing how artistic things come together um, and then just watching how this group of artists, like, all kind of knew each other and how it kind of slowly came together um, has actually been really, really inspiring. Yeah. Awesome. So I highly recommend Wu-Tang and American Saga on Hulu. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, Daniel, that's it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you for asking me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Compass Podcast. If you find these conversations valuable to your life as an artist and would like to support the ongoing production of the Compass, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash the compass podcast. Pledges start at as little as $1 a month, and anything you can give would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you have a moment, please review and follow in iTunes. Every little bit helps other listeners to find the podcast. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller, music by Brendan Spieth, audio assistance from Monique Choksi, and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.